the pressure. I feel such pressure today. I don't know. I don't, Cameron, you know, you, the problem is when they talk you up, you know, it can only lead you to disappointment. I don't know. So anyway, um, I am really, really happy to be here. And I'm going to talk about anger, which I'm going to tell you, struggle for me. So um, I am Deb. I'm a co-pastor here at X Church, and I am also proud mom of Cameron. And obviously Shelby in the back, who's working um, back there really hard and does so much work behind the scenes, hours and hours of countless hours that she puts in. Really happy. Proud of so many people that are part of Acts Church. And uh, there's so much work that goes behind the scenes that a lot of people don't get to see. And uh, there's a lot of people working hard for this, this ministry to get it off the ground and get things going. So this morning, we're going to talk about anger. Now, everybody deals with anger, right? You would definitely think so. Anyway, um, how many of you guys out there would say that you're pretty honest and would say that you really you struggle with anger? Okay, that's pretty good. That's good. Well, we're definitely going to talk about that. We're going to talk today, and we're going to cover some basics, and there's really like four basic things I'm going to talk about with anger. And one, first of all, that anger is actually not a sin. And that's really hard for people to understand. But anger itself is not a sin. Number two, that God himself gets angry. And then three, that we get angry actually because we are made in the image and likeness of God. And that four, anger is not a sin, but it actually just paves the way to sin. So it's just kind of like the catalyst that gets you to sin and stuff like that. So we're going to actually talk about that. Today we're going to talk about the good. good. And uh, the good is uh, interesting because there are some people that would definitely think there is no good in anger. There's no possible way that you can have good and anger. But there really is. There really is so much more about this. The only thing I'm really disappointed in today, I'll be totally honest with you, I have had absolutely no opportunity to get mad today. None. None. I don't know how that works because usually it's really good because you can speak from experience that moment, you know, this passionate moment of like, I am angry. I'm not angry today. I had a really good weekend. We celebrated our 27th anniversary and uh, we all went out of town, so it was awesome. I got to relax so much that I'm almost like so laid back right now, I don't even know what to do. So anyway, I need to get away more often because once you get to know me a while, you're going to be like, yeah, send her away again. It might be a really good thing. But um, anyway, if you deal with anger, you may have dealt with this idea and understanding that anger is not a good thing. And it may be because of maybe parents or people placed in your lives that really might have said to you that to be angry is not a good thing, that's actually a sin or something that's, that's not you know, beneficial to your life. And they think, you know, people that might have told you that there's really nothing good about being angry, that you need to get rid of that part of your life. In fact, it wasn't just about a week or so ago that I talked to a couple people and I I mentioned being angry, and a person says, I really don't get angry. And I'm like, really? You don't get angry? Hmm. I have to say, I kind of roll my eyes at that. I'm like, yeah, right. Um... And I say to that, you know what, if you really don't get angry, then come live with me, and I'll show you really quickly how anger works. Because anger is definitely something that I really think all of us, to some degree, really handle anger. We have to deal with anger. It's part of life. It's not really that anger itself is a sin. It's just how we deal with that anger that's the problem. So um, it is an emotion, though. It is something that we go through. It's an emotion that all of us deal with. And like I said, all of us deal with But I do think that there comes this guilt sometimes that's really hard for people to admit that they struggle with anger. They think of it like as a weakness. 
You know, we obviously in society today, we don't like to really admit to people that we're weak. We like to walk around thinking that we're very strong, that we can handle anything thrown at us. And anger in itself is really not as much of a weakness as it is a strength because one of the things that anger is, it is a passion. Now, I'm going to tell you, doing youth ministry for seven years and dealing with people in ministry a lot of years, I love passionate people. I love passionate people who will, like, move heaven and earth to get something done. In fact, if you look at, like, Paul in the Bible, Cameron and I have that in common. We both love Paul. And the reason why I love Paul so much is because he's a person that obviously, I think, really responds to a lot of life issues the way I have. But if you look at Paul, I really think the reason why Paul was used and the reason why God really called him out to do such great things is because he had passion. He had such passion that he wanted to kill the Christians. He wanted to kill them. He wanted to destroy them. He wanted to throw them into jail. He wanted to destroy every bit of their lives. And man, I really believe that with all my heart that God looked down at Paul and thought, wow, there is a man that's amazingly filled with passion. If we could only turn him around and have him follow good and not evil, we could do some amazing things. I definitely think that's what God did with me. I mean, story told, it's like I think a lot of the hatred and anger that I've dealt with and frustrations with life and the anger issues I had, I think God definitely turned them around and said, hey, we're going to use this person and we're going to turn around, we're going to use her for good. And I think that's what's awesome about how God works. So, like I said, a lot of people, do, they do think that we're guilty somehow to admit, I am an angry person. And I think that's because you think that, like I say, it's all negative association, not the positive association that really could have with that. Truth is, if we're human, last time I looked, we are all human, and uh, we're going to get angry from time to time. I really think if you can get throughout really probably one day without having something happen to you that's really not angry, like so far today, it's pretty good, but what time is it? 10, almost 10.40? I got the day is long. You know, <laughs> Chances are there's going to be something that's going to happen. Someone's going to cut you off. Someone's going to say something mean. Someone's going to say something hurtfully. They're going to treat you terrible. Matter of fact, I posted this week on Twitter. Um, I said, is it a sin and horrible to think that you really look forward to heaven because you won't have to deal with bad customer service no more? Because I really, truly believe that with all my heart. I'm like, that's one of the reasons why I can't wait to go to heaven. So I don't have to deal with bad service. I really can't take it. But I definitely think that um, I can sometimes really struggle with anger and how I handle it. I don't always handle anger in the way that I should. This is true. But I really think that it's not necessarily the anger in itself. It's just really that emotion and how I, like, respond. Who I'm going to, like, take down in my anger. You know, who I'm going to kick back at. You know, that's the problem. You know, there's that saying, you know, if mama ain't happy, no one's going to be happy because sometimes they really make life miserable for everybody around them. You know, and that's sometimes where um, anger can be an issue. I do think that anger gets a bad shake from society. And I do think it's one of those misinterpretations. Um, you know, just like that one that's misinterpreted all the time throughout the Bible, it says money is the root of all evil. When actually you read God's word and you realize it says that the love of money is the root of all evil. It's not that money is. Money is what makes the world around. We all know we have to have money. But it's that whether or not you really guard that and love that so much that you put that first, that's when it's the root of all evil. So anger itself, not all bad. Truth is that it's not the emotion that's bad. Like I said, <clears throat> it's more what you do out of it. That's the real issue. 
So when you think about it, though, um, the emotion of anger really has, you know, many caused many, many things to have been changed for good, really. There's a lot of people out of that passion that really do some great things out of anger and frustration and maybe hurt and, and frustration with the world. So it's an anger thing. Martin Luther, <clears throat> one of the, the, the greatest um, initiate of the Protestant Reformation, you know, the, the Reformation uh, movement, you know, he became angry, frustrated with, with, with what the church was doing at the time. And it's because of the fact that he actually saw that here the God that he loved and the God that he wanted people to understand and really get and grasp, he was frustrated because the church itself was selling indulgences, which is an indulgence is actually uh, forgiveness from or diminishing of punishment from sins. And they were actually being sold in the church to fund St. Um, uh, Peter's Basilica in Rome. They were actually being sold to, like, fund this church being built. So it was actually something that he was really frustrated with. Luther was angry, and he objected to this quote from uh, Johann Tetzel. It said, as soon as the coin in the coffer rings, a soul from purgatory springs. So, you know, here he is. He studied the Bible himself. He knew what really was being spoken in God's word. That was the other thing, too. It was like the Bible was hidden from people. He himself knew that the Bible should be, like, given to everybody. That's where the translation into uh, the German everything was given, was by Martin Luther pushing forward because he wanted people to understand God's word himself. He studied the Bible. He knew that forgiveness was God's and God's alone to give. You know, that was it. And anyone who was claiming that indulgences stopped people from their punishment or actually stopped people from going to hell, um, you know, that was wrong. And Luther was right. Luther was right. Luther was the one who got it right. And out of that anger, he was frustrated. And he went up and he, the, in the story is that he took 95 theses and he went up to the church door and pounded it on that door and put it up for everyone to see. And that was a great step of anger, frustration shown right at the door there. And uh, he was angry because he thought that Christians are going to slacken in their following of God the way that they were supposed to. And obviously we see that is what happens still today. People still do that. They, they don't understand the forgiveness of God. They don't understand how freedom can be theirs by just loving God and really moving closer to him. They think it's all these rules and regulations and, and things that people tell them they have to you know, accomplish and do. And, and that's not how it works. Look at Martha, Martin Luther King Jr., you know, here is a, a man that's extremely frustrated with the idea of what's going on in society with segregation. You know, the idea that you had to separate somebody by their race. You know, he knew that wasn't right. He knew that was not the way that God would have wanted because Martin Luther uh, King Jr. was an awesome man of God. I mean, a great man of God. I mean, he's one of the people, if you listen to his whole, I have a dream, I mean, it just blows you away. But if you look at that, he was so frustrated and angry because he saw people being treated unfairly and not the way that God would intend. You know, Rosa Parks, who refused to get up and move, you know, out of anger, probably because, like, why should I get up and move? Someone should just get up and have to, like, should get up and move? I was here first. You know, it's out of those anger moments, those frustration moments sometimes where you really take a stand that something great can happen. So I do think that there's all this guilt that comes with anger and it's so misinterpreted. And I really think it comes from a lot of maybe bad quotes maybe from growing up, maybe uh, quotes you've read you know, or heard all those years, uh, maybe because it's like this quote, anger is a condition in which the tongue works faster than the mind. 
Anger is as a stone cast into a wasp's nest. Anger is a thief who steals away the nice moments. All that sounds so good and it sounds so pretty. But it's actually wrong thinking because it's not the anger. It's not necessarily the anger that's the problem. It's more, anger is more what we are. And actually anger is not really the, uh, you know, the, the problem. It's the issue is how we respond. Anger is what we are, but wrath is what we do with it. You know, the wrath, what, we, what you respond, what you say. A lot of times people say such hurtful, horrible things. Um, usually the people who really respond in anger the right way do it in a, a decent, respectful, God way that makes the difference. So, again, let me say we can be angry and still not sin because anger itself is not a sin. There's a saying that you all need to learn. And it is, you're not bad because you're mad. And I think that's important. I have did youth ministry for seven years, so deal with me here. I'm, I'm serious. I find all these little things that it works because kids remember these things. There's things that people still remember and will say, hey, Deb, you remember? I'm like, no, I don't remember. But um, you're not bad because you're mad. Tell yourself that. Tell the next person next to you. Yeah, see, you're not bad because you're mad. It's all right. You're going to remember that now. You're going to remember it. When you're going to go home, you're going to get angry. You're going to be like, I'm not bad because I'm mad. Now, if you kick the cat, we're going to talk about that, okay? We're going to talk about it, a little bit more about that. So, like I said, you're not bad because you're mad. And it is amazingly freeing sometimes to know that because there's a lot of people that beat themselves up with this idea of thinking that because they have anger that they're a bad person. That's not the case. It's just not the case. Aristotle actually had it right if you listen to his quote it says to be angry is easy but to be angry with the right man at the right time in the right manner that's what's not easy isn't that the truth it's like it's usually this moment this passionate like anger response that sometimes will get us into trouble a lot of times we just need to kind of calm down there's an old commercial and i oldest you know as you get a little older i'm 45 so i know some of the old commercials there used to be one about child abuse and it was um count to 10. It says, take hold of your anger before it takes hold of you, is what it would say. You know, or, or yeah, no, take hold of your anger before it takes, take hold of your child, is what it said. And that's true. You know, so you just have to really stop and think. It's not this passionate response sometimes that you would, you would respond in, but it's just this processing that you need to go through and take care of. Um, I heard anger being described by this pastor named Greg Boyd, that it's an actually a passionate response to a situation where something or someone precious to you is devalued. That t- makes total sense to me. Because when you think about those great moments of anger that you've had in the past, what do they stem from? It stems from something, someone being devalued. That's what happens. Martin Luther was frustrated because he saw that what he loved, which was faith in Jesus Christ and freedom, was being sold. He's like, this is not right. He valued Jesus Christ and what he did for us. And he said, this isn't right. This isn't what's right. Martin Luther King Jr. was, he said, all mankind has value. Who are we to say that we're better than another person? So he's like, he valued humankind. So he said, out of that, he's like, this is what he responded in. He's like, no, we need to get hold of this. And if you look at yourself, just little simple things in your life that you may have gone through. How many of you guys have ever had a brand new car? Or a new car to you, you know, new car, bought it. Okay, um, 
first time I had my brand new car, worst mistake ever made. Honest to God, a worst mistake. Still have it out there. You can look at it. It's terrible. Red, says Graper, rust all over. Um, anyway, this car here I had to have. Wanted it so badly and got it. And I remember we went on a vacation right after I got it, and we went to Tennessee. And everywhere I parked that car, I parked away from people because I was like, oh, I don't want people to hurt it. You know, I want people to destroy it. Someone's going to hit it. Someone's going to ding it. Whatever. And I uh, got home from the vacation, parked at a friend's house, and as they backed out, they hit the whole entire side and just destroyed it. <laughs> so that was the first time a window had to be replaced in my car. So far, honestly, the car is a target. It's red for a reason. It's been hit four times. And this always looks like it's my fault. I really want to put a sign on the thing and say, not one has been my fault. I know you can't believe it, but it's true. But, um, you know, the thing is, if you had a nice car and someone dings it, opens their car door up on it, man, you're mad because, you know what, to you, you know it's lost a bit of its value. You're like, well, now look at it. It's not worth anything now. It's got a big ding in it. That's what you do. You feel that way about it, you know? When someone that you love gets treated badly, Man, some of the most terrible crimes have been committed in the fact that someone felt like someone that they loved was devalued. You know? You look at some horrible thing, like a, a, a jury case where you've got, uh, you know, somebody, a family member that's upset because someone was taken advantage of, hurt, killed. And what is their response? They'll come over a table and they want to kill them themselves because they're so angry that someone that they love was devalued, hurt. That's how, why they're responding the way they are. I was really angry this week just watching a woman who was a middle-aged woman just driving her car and all of a sudden go down the road and take piles and piles of garbage and just whipping it out the window. And I was like, <sighs> I was really angry because I thought, you know, I really do care about our, our world. I don't want it to be destroyed. Plus, why would you want something that you live in look like a, a trash heap? You know, we all live here. Why would you want it to look nasty where everybody has to drive by garbage on the road just because you're really too lazy to go to a garbage can? That made me angry. You know, I'm angry when someone mistreats or murders a child because it infuriates me to see that somebody could take someone's life or take someone's future from them because it caused so much pain and so many families and friends and people have to go through so much hurt through that. I'm really angry when someone mistreats or hurts an animal because I value animals. I know that they're innocent. I know that they would never think to really harm anybody else unless they're backed into a corner. So when I see somebody else treat an animal badly, take their aggression at them, that really makes me upset, and it causes me problems, because I value them. I value those, those things. Anger has an interesting um, way about it. And I would tell the, the youth for years when I taught them that if you really think about anger, it has an interesting way, because... Anger is usually what people say, I'm angry when something happens. I'm very angry. I'm mad. I'm this, I'm that. But what's really interesting is that's the first thing that comes out that we say, but usually it's the first layer. Take that off and really look what you're dealing with. A lot of times anger is just the first mask that we wear because what it usually is birthed out of is really that there's another emotion that we're dealing with. Usually it's not just anger. Usually it's hurt. I'm hurt that someone treated me that way. I'm frustrated, you know. I'm frustrated that no one's listening to me. No one's paying attention to me. You know, I am, you know, sad because I'm lonely, you know. And so out of that loneliness and that sadness, you respond in anger sometimes. 
So anger is really an interesting thing because it's not just necessarily that emotion, that response. There's usually way more layers. It's like an onion. If you peel it away, you're going to find what really is at the core of someone's anger is usually a lot of hurt and pain. I know that's how it was with me, that a lot of the times when I respond in anger, if I really look at it, what I'm really feeling is a deeper emotion. So it's, it's an, an interesting thing that we go through. And think about this week. Like when you're looking at your life and you're paying attention to, you know, the things that you're going through, when you're really anger, stop, angry, stop and think. What is it that you're really feeling at that moment? Maybe it's not so much anger. Maybe it's you feel like you're disrespected. People don't respect you. Someone's not listening to you. Someone's not really making you priority and that you need to, you know, need some time. Sometimes it's just more simple of an emotion that we respond. So like I said, truth is there is good anger. And it's God anger. What does it say? In the Bible it says what is good? The only thing good is God. So anything good that we have comes from God. People don't like to understand that. It's truth. There, so there is good anger, which is God anger. Because God himself showed his anger through the Bible, as did Jesus and other great men of God. In Exodus 4.14, when God was telling Moses to go to Pharaoh and demand the release of his chosen people, Moses was complaining that he actually stuttered. We talked about this not too long ago, that he was stammering and that he didn't want to do it. And it says that God was angry with Moses. Why was God angry with Moses? Because he's like, dude, I called you. I told you to do this job. I didn't tell you to go get your brother. I told you to do this. So he says, just do it. So he was mad because someone's not listening. In Exodus 22 through 24, it says, God says, don't mistreat widows and orphans. If you do and they cry out to me, you can be sure I'll take them most seriously. I'll show my anger and I'll come raging among you with a sword and your wives will end up as widows and your children as orphans. This is a God who got angry, very angry. And I mean, those are, you know, you ever hear in anger, they said there's elevating words. <laughs> those are some pretty elevating words. I'm going to come raging against you. That's elevating, man. But again, that's value. You see the reason why God is angry because he values those things. He values his chosen people that he loves so much. He also loves and values his, the widows and the orphans. That's what he values. Till, still today, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to care about widows and orphans. We're supposed to care and actually give to them and do things for them. So God showed anger so we can show anger. Anger is not a bad thing. In fact, Ephesians 5.1 says for us to be imitators of God. So if we can be imitators of God, we obviously can show anger. It says in the Bible, it says light has no part with darkness. If God is good and he can be angry, then it can't always be a bad attribute to be angry. Look at John the Baptist. And I'm going to read you a couple different people. So just show you, I'm not just making this up. This is really real and it's in God's word. John the Baptist, when he realizes that the Sadducees and the Pharisees were showing up for baptism because it was just the popular thing to do, he responds by exploding. Exploding again, elevating word. You brood of snakes, what do you think you're doing slithering down here to the river? I'm going to tell you in churches today, you read some of these things, you're like, whoa, people would they be like, that's just unkind, that's just not loving, that's just, you know what? You read the Bible, you realize, like, you're right. It's not always loving and kind and gentle and, oh, come here, let me give you a hug. Sometimes it's like, you've got to get this straight. And who are you anyway and why are you doing what you're doing? <laughs> that's the way it is. Well, that's real anger sometimes. You know, you may lose your anger from time to time, your temper. You may have it. 
Paul did. Like I said, Paul, listen to this. This blows my mind. I love God's word. I'm going to tell you, there is nothing better than reading the Bible. If you don't read, read the Bible. Start to read a little bit every day, and it's amazing because you're going to get a glimpse of who Jesus is. God is, did you know that this is actually Jesus? That's what it says. That's a little, little part of, for you to understand. It actually says Jesus and the end days. What does it say on his thigh? When he comes back tattooed on his thigh, it says the word of God. He is the word of God. God is so amazingly good. You know what? I could turn left. I could turn right. Realize I can't turn, get down. <laughs> it pulls my uh, mic off. So anyway. God is good. And you know what? God's word is amazing. You should read it for yourselves. Absolutely. But Paul in Galatians 5. After those who heard the truth of Jesus' forgiveness and freedom were again falling victim to false teaching that they had to be circumcised to be right with God. And we're saying that Paul was teaching the same idea. He literally comes and glued. And he says angrily in verse 11. As for the rumor that I continue to preach the ways of circumcision as I did in those pre-Damascus road days. Now we know the road to Damascus. Is blinded by the light you know that's that's what's so interesting is like you cannot look at jesus christ because he's so bright and so blinding and that's what happened jesus showed up he was there and paul had this vision it just blinded him so here he was he was changed he says that's absurd why would i still be persecuted then if i were preaching this old message no one would be even offended if i mentioned the cross now and then it would be so watered down that it wouldn't matter one way or the other. Why don't these agitators, obsession as obsessive as they are about circumcision, just go all the way and castrate themselves? This is Paul. This is someone who was so angry that he was like, hey, if you're going to be talking about what I'm saying, this is not true. You know, we're not just talking circumcision. If you want to talk about how great it is, you know, just go ahead. Go the whole rest of the route. That's what he's saying. Paul was a man who spoke angrily. Like I say, I can deal with Paul. I can deal with him. I can relate. Like I say, nowadays, though, if I talked like that in church, that'd be considered coarse, crude. People would be like, I don't think that's right that she said that. It's like, you know what? Paul said, and it's in God's word, I think I can repeat it. So um, a great man of God. Great man of God spoke these words. So we can all do this. This is good. You know, the truth is, um, Jesus showed anger. God showed anger. Paul showed anger. All those did. I know some of you out there might be like, oh, but listen. Hold on. Hold on. What about Matthew 5? What about when it says that this? You've heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Anyone who says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to, San, to the Sanhedrin, but anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Okay, so we have the scripture verse that says, well, you can't be angry. But actually, it says that you can be angry. It's just you can't go to the next step to call someone a fool. Because what it's actually saying, when you call someone raka, what it actually means, it's a term for contempt. It's actually a term that means empty-headed, that you have nothing in your head. So it's actually that next response. It's not that you're angry. It's that you would call somebody fool or you know dummy or whatever it's that response again so it's really god's not saying that he can't be angry it's that but um if you listen to matthew twenty-three thirteen, you know in jesus i don't know how many of you guys um have really read the bible like we i'm sure you guys have heard um 
different scripture verses where um, Jesus responds. Let me first read you. Actually, let me read you Matthew 21, 12 first, uh, when Jesus showed anger. It's a pretty simple one. It's uh, where he was, goes to the temple. Now, I'm not going to read you the whole entire thing where obviously we know that God's word. There's actually two times. I don't know if you know that. There's actually two times where Jesus goes to the temple and comes unglued. It isn't just once. But um, there's this part in the Bible where it says, Matthew 21, 12, it says, Jesus went straight to the temple and threw out everyone who had set up shop, buying and selling. He kicked over the tables of loan sharks and the stalls of dove merchants. Now, can you imagine that? Walking into a church and kicking stuff over and thinking people are going to be like, this person's crazy. Look at them. They're out of control. They're angry. They're frustrated. Here's the king of all kings upset because he had passionate anger for those things that he loved, which he said, my house will be called a house of prayer, not a den of thieves. So we can see that he was upset. There's other parts in the Bible where it talks about that Jesus went home. He fastened a whip. Do you understand? This is a person that doesn't respond like that in anger. He went home. He thought about it. He thought about it. He was like, I am mad. I'm going home. I am making a whip. I'm going back, and I'm taking him down. That's what he did. That's how God is. God is so amazing. I love Jesus with all my heart, I'll tell you. Um, there's also in Matthew 23:13, where he definitely calls out those people angrily to those other people who are leading those people that loved him astray. And I think that's where a lot of passion comes from with a lot of people who are followers of Christ. We want people to get it. We want people to understand that God is love. He loves us, and he wants such great things for us. But when you see that a lot of people get led astray by people who really we thought were going to be good for them, that that really does cause a real anger response. Uh, let me read Matthew twenty-three thirteen, where he says, Jesus says, I've had it with you. You're hopeless, you religion scholars, you Pharisees, you frauds. Your lives are roadblocks to God's kingdom. You refuse to enter and you won't let anyone else enter either. You're hopeless, you religion scholars and Pharisees, you frauds. You go halfway around the world to make a convert, but once you get him, you make him a replica of yourselves, double damned. You're hopeless. What arrogant stupidity. You say if someone's making a promise with his fingers crossed, that's nothing, but if he swears with his hand on the Bible, then that's serious? What ignorance? Does a leather on the Bible carry more weight than the skin on your hands? What about this piece of trivia? If you shake hands on a promise, that's nothing, but if you raise your hand to God that that's a wit- God is your witness, then that's serious? That's ridiculous hair splitting. What difference does it make whether you shake hands or you raise hands? A promise is a promise. What's different if you make your promise inside or outside of a house of worship? A promise is a promise. It's basically just saying passionately, it's like you people are making this way more complicated than it, than it is. Just love God and be honest and treat people with the way that they're supposed to be respected and kind and loving and gentle and teach them the truth about God's word and this is what it's supposed to be. This is how God would want us to be. You know, this, this, total, this, this whole thing makes total sense when you think of anger as a passionate response to a situation when someone or something precious to you is devalued. I think that that's what happens so much in, in churches across the country, the world, is that people have devalued what Christ has done for them. They really don't speak of the freedom that comes in following Christ and loving him. You know, this plan of redemption, forgiveness, salvation, was loved and valued from God. John the Baptist, Paul, others, Jesus, us. You know, it makes you angry when you've given up everything to follow him and tell others about him. 
and then sometimes you're just like, people still treat you badly. It does make you angry. It causes a lot of anger. It definitely causes me a lot of anger when I see someone diminish Jesus. You know, there's times where I get very frustrated when someone will sit there and make, um, think it's funny to, to say something nasty about Jesus. You know, and they think it's funny. It's not funny to me because that's the God who I serve. That's who I call the King of Kings. I mean, I really, uh, that's who I love. So it really does upset me and it infuriates me when I see something like that. It really upsets me when I see people who I know work hard and do anything they can to really follow after God and that some people treat them badly because of it. You know, um, how many of you guys out there as mothers and fathers, if your kids are being treated badly, it makes you angry. There's nothing more that makes me angry. It is the mother bear thing. We talked about that last Tuesday when we met for this youth, our youth ministry thing, um, what people would see you as an animal, and they said that saw me as a mama polar bear. And I'm like, that's pretty good. I like that because I am like that. I mean, if people I love, I will defend to my dying breath because I know who they are, and I know the time and the energy and what they put into their faith, and uh, not that they're perfect, but I know who they are, and I, I really do get angry when someone hurts them. Like I say, I love Jesus so much. When I see all these like wonderful things that he's done for me, getting treated like garbage, it makes me angry. Um, I'm angry. One of the, the biggest themes of my anger lately has been the fact that really a lot of people don't look at women in ministry as um, important. And we really come out more so probably when we started to do this church because there's a lot of people that will say that they don't have a problem with women in ministry until they have to go listen to one. <laughs> then it changes. And it does make me angry from time to time because a lot of times I can process it and I'm okay. But it does make me angry because they weren't the ones with me in a church service when I was dealing with absolute fear and hardly could move in my life because I was so dealt with fear because I was so worried about protecting my kids from everything. They weren't allowed to hardly go anywhere, do anything because I was so fearful to allow, not to even allow them out of my sight. And God spoke to me in one service one day and said, if you just give them to me, I love them more than you do. I know that's hard for you to understand. If you give them to me and come lay them down the altar, then I'm going to give you even more. And it was at that time that God spoke to me that really he was going to allow me to have a youth ministry and really not just teach two kids, but at the time we were finished, we teach about 60 kids a week, you know, on a Wednesday night. That was amazing. So it makes me angry sometimes when I hear people say, that, who are you to be a pastor? You're a woman. I'm like, listen, I answered to a higher calling. I listened to the one who spoke to me and told me what I could do. And that's what I go off of. It's great that you have that opinion. But that's your opinion. And, you know, maybe over time you'll see different. Maybe you'll never will. But why do you want to come make me feel bad about my call? I don't understand people that would want to do that. That's when it does kind of make you become angry from time to time. And you're like, okay, i got to process my anger. i got to let it go. And uh, a lot of times, you know what? Passion is an awesome thing because out of anger, what happens is it makes you work harder. Sometimes you're like, fine, fine. I'll just work harder and I'll show you. That's what it is, you know? And uh, that's just the way how I look at it sometimes. You know, Paul actually, in the Bible, there's a part where he actually commands us to be angry. In Ephesians 4.26, he says, Go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry. Just don't use your anger as fuel for revenge and don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. That's where I think a lot of us have problems. It's the going to bed angry. It's the kind of stuffing inside thing, you know? 
Um, I think that's why it's so important to teach on the good of anger because God hates hypocrisy. We saw that when I just read you. He says, you frauds, you hypocrites. He actually says he hates fakeness. He hates phoniness. So why is it that most of us walk around pretending like everything is okay, everything is fine, I'm fine, I'm okay, and we're not. We're anything but okay a lot of times. We're just angry and frustrated, but we're really not willing to be open and honest and say, hey, I'm really ticked, I'm really angry. A lot of people walk around being all pious looking, as if they're too good to get angry, when, like I say, all they've done is really just bury it. And they do exactly what Paul says not to do. They just go to bed angry over and over and over again. And then what happens a lot of times is you do have those moments of explosion and anger where you kind of just keep pushing it down. And then somebody says one little thing sometimes to you. You're like, hey, did you do this? And you're like, no, of course I didn't do it. What do you think I am? You think I can accomplish everything? I can't do everything. And so you come unglued on somebody and they're like, whoa, listen, just ask. Nothing big here. Calm down. And that's what happens. But people go to bed and they keep pushing it down, pushing it down, pushing it down. And it's kind of like, if you, you know, they say it with pressure, you know, rock can turn into a diamond. It's not such a good thing. If, if a rock can turn into a, a rock, I mean, if pushing something down at extreme pressure can turn a rock into a diamond, I think your heart's going to get a little hard after a while, don't you think? If you keep pushing something down there. It's actually said that swallowing anger is like swallowing poison. Numerous studies have shown that people who repress anger, keep pushing it down, time and time again are more prone to become ill and depressed than those who actually express their anger in some sort of way. I take great, great joy in that. (laughs) These people laugh because I'm seriously telling you. I do have anger issues. You know, the thing is that God's word says, it says that we're forgiven, not perfect, totally. Forgiven, not perfect. Um, I deal with anger from time to time. A lot of the stuff I dealt with as, ch- as a child, a lot of the issues that I dealt with growing up, they're still there, and I have to deal with them every day. So it's important to deal with anger, not sleep on it. It does no good to pretend that everything's okay when it's not. No good. It really doesn't help anybody. It might not cause an argument that day, but eventually it will come out. It's going to come out. You know, the thing is, we're in great company when we get angry. Great, great company. All these great men of the Bible, all these you know great people like Paul and and you know Jesus Himself and God, the Creator of the heavens and the earth, can become angry. Who are we to say, pridefully, that well, I don't, I don't really get angry? Those those people that say I don't get angry, I get even. That's true. There's a lot of people that do that. They do get angry, and they get even. (laughs) The problem is get angry, don't get even. But we're in great company when we get angry. If God, like I said, who created the heavens and earth can do it, why can't we? If Jesus, who died for us, can get angry, then why can't we? So you yourself can be angry, but you just have to be careful that it doesn't lead you in a wrong direction, your anger. You know, you don't go home, get frustrated because the door slams on your finger and slam the door harder about four more times to prove it. You know, like, fine, fine. You want to slam? Slam, slam. You know, that kind of stuff. That's insanity. That's actually, someone's going to call the cops on you. They're going to be like, whoa, what's going on here? This, this person's losing it. We're kicking a cat or treating someone badly. You have to process anger. You have to deal with it. But there is good Anger, there is God anger. It's righteous anger. It's anger sometimes just being frustrated by people being devalued. And I think that's what we have to stop and think about.
um, I want to close in prayer with you. And I want to give you an opportunity if you are a person that really deals with anger issues. We are going to continue. We're not over yet. We've got two more weeks. We're going to talk about this was the good. We're going to talk about the bad. I'm guilty on those too. Anger, which is dealing with people in today's world because we know it's not easy. Anger is a tough thing. And uh, then there is ugly, which is sometimes just people dealing with really their anger and hate of God. Sometimes they really become angry with God. So we're going to talk about those next things. But I'm going to give you an opportunity if you want to come up, if there's something that you need prayer for, whether it be about anger or not, or um, you just need someone to pray with you about an issue that you're going through in life. Um, Camera will come up, and I'll be here, and we'll pray for you and uh, take that time. So let me pray with you real quick. Lord, we're thankful, Father, that you are such a good and loving, kind God, that you're so willing to show us that you, in truth, Lord God, went through these same emotions that we deal with. And uh, we're thankful that you don't just uh, pass judgment and deal with us at those moments. You give us opportunity to make things right with you. We're thankful for your Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. Once we come to know you and follow you, Lord, that um, we're drawn to make changes and become the better people that you would want us to be. And I just pray that you would just be with each person that's here today. Help them, Lord, to uh, just deal and process and look at their anger in the way that they need to. And, uh, Lord, just help them throughout their day today and get through it, Lord. We just thank you for everything you do for us in Jesus' name. Amen.